Don't leave me, football. I'm nothing without you. Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 39th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals in real life, but my foes in fantasy, as has played out in the past couple of weeks, and that is Nathan McDonald. Hello. And Micah Burge. Howdy doodle do. And we are... Fresh off of watching the Thursday night football game where the Cincinnati Bengals just inched it out in a very surprising and impressive performance uh, from the from the Jaguars, from Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, I, uh, I started the Bengals defense and it did not turn out well for me because the Jacksonville Jaguars played very, very well. And it looks like they're starting to grow a little bit. I'll uh, pass it to you quickly, Micah, just because I know you're excited to Talk about the Jags not looking terrible. Dude, look what happens when they give James Robinson the ball. Like he ran beautifully. He was constantly like gaining positive yards every touch he got. Um, he's going to do really well now that Carlos High. They he got like scratched right before the game with either a shoulder injury or something. But he he's under honestly an underrated bell cow right now. And um, DJ Shark got hurt, and Lavisca Chenault will probably be getting tons of targets now because they just down their one of their best receivers. So um, the outlook for the Jaguars are maybe looking a little more grim after this loss, but I think fancy plays like LaVisca and James Robinson are getting a boost. No, I would definitely agree. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we have a lot to get into uh, regarding the other games this week. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, we'll jump right into that. Uh, we're going to start out, of course, as with our waiver wire segment and – uh, you know, I'm not even going to really build the suspense here. I think everybody knows who the number one waiver wire target this week is. And uh, it's Chuba Hubbard, man. Um, obviously, Christian McCaffrey went down. That is the breaking news from week three. Um, it's not looking like a severe uh, hamstring pull. It looks like it's uh, they're calling it less than a grade one. So, uh, but uh, then they didn't put him on IR. So hopefully he'll be back. But we saw last season the lingering injuries, uh, you know, keep him out. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, Chuba Hubbard is a guy. Uh, he is my number one waiver wire pickup. I'll, you know, pass it to you guys and make sure it's y'all's too. But, um, you know, this isn't just some scrub. I mean, we saw Mike Davis end up as the running back 12 last year after McCaffrey went out. And uh, Chuba Hubbard is a, he was a former track star, like Olympic level track star um, on top of being a football player. Um, he has elite speed. Uh, he had an absolutely insane season. I think a 2000 yard season. Um, and, uh, then followed it up a senior year with a very bad, uh, year. So, uh, but, uh, the, this is a guy that can really produce, I think, uh, for as long as, uh, he has the opportunity. So, uh, Nate, uh, is he your number one as well? He's my number one. I don't quite think I'm as high as you are on him just cause they're not going to be giving him the same kind of work McCaffrey was getting, uh, especially yeah. in the receiving game. Um, and he's not going to be nearly as efficient, uh, especially if he's playing a little bit tougher defenses, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
if you have a really good waiver wire pick and you can get this guy ahead of the McCaffrey owner, I would like get him and then trade him to the McCaffrey owner because they're going to want him more than anybody. So you can probably get them in a package deal and uh, get someone a lot better for your team. Am I good? Micah. I mean, if you have like a really stacked team, um, maybe you don't need Chuba Hubbard to start, but if you're a lower end team and you have a top waiver wire pick, you should have picked up Chuba because you probably need him. And I think he's a good um, flex play for at least this week for sure. And if he's out for two weeks, I mean, that's two weeks of a starting running back right there and every win counts. No, I totally agree. And yeah, I know Nate to, to echo your point, I do agree with you that, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to be anywhere near the production that Christian McCaffrey would put up. And, you know, if Christian McCaffrey is a 25 to 30 points per game, you know, I think even if you can just expect half of that 12 to 15 points per game, I mean, that's uh that's RB two, you know, for a lot of people and uh, can definitely fill a spot. So um, yeah. And, and you did, and just, even if you don't really need to start him, just like you mentioned, Nate, whether it's the McCaffrey owner or it's a team that really needs a win this week, He's a, you know, excellent trade fodder that, that, you know, probably isn't going to pay off deep into the season. So um, no reason not to pick him up, Uh, but uh, Mike, I'll pass it to you. And I'd love to hear who your uh, number two uh, waiver priority, just uh, overall, any position. All right. So everyone remembers what used to be a huge phenom back in the day, Mr. Flash Gordon. And I'm taking Josh Gordon because at this point, when you're taking guys, you're taking guys that you can hope to win new championships. And there, there is the chance that he just ends up getting open and playing to his full successful power on the Chiefs offense. And he becomes what DK Metcalf should have been when they took Miko Hartman. So Josh Gordon, he's back. Maybe not in the first couple weeks, but around like midseason or so, he could be on a lot of championship teams. Nate, uh, you reacted there, uh, so I'll pass it to you. And uh, what, what's, what's your thought on, on Mr. Flash Gordon? Yeah, my only disagreement is that uh, my, my second priority would be Tim Tebow at tight end. I really think he's going to break out. This is going to be the year. <laughs> uh, no, I, don't, don't, waste, don't waste good fab money on Josh Gordon. Don't waste a good waiver wire pick on him. Uh, you can get him with probably your second waiver wire pick if you're doing it that way or you know get him for two bucks on the fab. And if someone spends more than that, then they are fools. But uh, now nah, I, it, it depends on what you need. Right. Cause like I've seen some really good quarterbacks that are still on the waiver wire. Like Sam Darnold is still on a lot of waiver wires mm-hmm. in some leagues. And that dude is QB 12 on the season. So far, his lowest fantasy output has been 19 points in the first three games. So, yeah, if, if you need a QB, too, uh, I think he'd be a great guy to pull the trigger on. He's he's looked a lot better in this offense. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if he's there in a Q, two QB league, definitely snag him up. But even he's startable in a one QB league, I think. Um, he was my start of the week last week and uh, got you 26 points, including two rushing touchdowns. So uh, that was that was fun. But, no, I will say, you know, or ask, I guess, you, Nate, um, do you expect him to take a hit at all now that McCaffrey, because, you know, McCaffrey being gone, that was pretty much an automatic, you know, 80, 90 yards in the past game. Maybe not quite that much. He's probably getting like 60 to 70. But, uh, you know, are, do you think that's going to hurt the offense as a whole and potentially Sam Darnold's numbers going forward? Or you you 
still gung-ho about him. I know no, I, I agree that it could ding his points a little bit. I also think it could force him to run a little bit more since McCaffrey's not there and they could do some stuff with him and Chuba, um, getting him the ball in space a little bit more. But now, even if he takes a dip and he's, you know, starts putting out an average of like 18, 19 points a game, that's still good QB two points for sure. So... All right. Well, my uh, second waiver wire priority is a guy that I, a guy's name who I was not expecting to be saying this uh, year at all or anytime going forward. Uh, it's a man in his 11th season who is 34 years old, and it's a wide receiver named Mr. Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he seems to have emerged as the number two. Now, well, what is number two? Uh, you know, Cole Beasley had more targets, and that's a, another person you can honestly pick up and is probably on waiver wires. Um, but uh, Emmanuel Sanders had uh, you know, uh, five re- uh, receptions, 94 yards, and two touchdowns last week. Um, he's had uh, six and eight targets the two weeks prior to that. So it's clear that they're working him into the offense, uh, making him very high priority. And you know what? They're making him the downfield option, which is very surprising. I mean, obviously, Cole Beasley is that short, uh, quick slot guy. Uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is. <laughs> everywhere on the field uh, pretty much and then uh, but Emmanuel Sanders getting a lot of deep balls so uh, I think you'll be able to count on him pretty consistently and uh, he's my number two waiver wire pickup obviously in redraft good for you (laughs) it's not it's not bad but I mean Stephon Diggs has just been missing out on touchdowns and those balls are going to come so he hasn't had any boom games yet so Maybe Emmanuel Sanders is peaked, and he, he did come off of Achilles' tear. So maybe he can't last the full season, especially with his age. But um, I don't know, he might be on to something. No, you're right. And, I mean, one thing I'll say is, no, Stefan Diggs is – I'm not worried at all about Stefan Diggs, and this isn't me worried about Stefan Diggs. I mean, the, the Bills are one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league now. Uh, they have had some running backs start to come on a little bit, and it'll be interesting to see if that continues. But even still – uh, you know, they're passing 60, 70% of the time, most games. So, so you, there's plenty of room for, for even three receivers to be fantasy relevant on that offense. But, uh, Nate, I'll pass it to you. Um, who is uh, third guy? I'm going to have to say his name again. It is Mr. Tim Patrick of the Broncos. And I have to say his name again because another Broncos receiver has gone down with injury, uh, K.J. Hamler is out with an ACL tear. So he's done for the year. And Judy is already out on IR. So he is going to be getting a lot of touches. And he's been doing a good job with the touches he's gotten this year. I think his lowest fantasy output's is 13 points in the first three games. So I think he's still a great option. He's still available in a lot of waivers. So go check him and see if he's there and pick him up. Yeah, I saw an awesome stat about Tim Patrick. I wish I could remember the exact number. Uh, I want to say it was like 92 or 96, but a very large amount of catches without a drop um, mm. was, the, was the stat that I saw. And I thought that was really impressive. And yeah, he's very dependable. Uh, you know, he has a very solid floor. And now that he's going to be either the number one or number two, uh, you know, option pretty much every week uh, until Judy gets back. Uh, you, you can probably depend on that at least for the upcoming weeks coming forward. So I, I like that. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, if he's not rostered, definitely grab him. I'd, I'd take him over Emmanuel Sanders for sure. Um, Micah, you got a third guy to throw out? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Sam Darnold earlier. He wasn't the quarterback on my mind. Uh, mine was Taylor Heineke. And I think he's probably going to hold on to the starting job even with Fitzpatrick comes back whenever 
he does come back. He's played good. He's going to tear Atlanta's defense up this weekend. Um, we've always said that, you know, if the football team could just get a quarterback, their offense could be unstoppable or not unstoppable, like a good, competent offense. So maybe Heineke is the guy to be a bridge until they get another quarterback. But I think he's played well enough so far, and um, I want him in all Superflex leagues. He should be on the waiver wire. All right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He very well could be. And, you know, it's getting to the point in the season where a lot of these quarterbacks are getting rostered, especially with all the injuries we've seen. But, yeah, I have seen Taylor Heineke on on a couple of waiver wires myself. So I think he's available. And, uh, yeah, he seems to be dependable and uh, might be there for the rest of the year, it seems. Um, well, the last guy I'm going to throw out here is Mr. Hunter Renfro. Man, there's a video of That's him a good one. mixing mixing up Xavier Howard just completely Mm -hmm. putting him in a blender giving him the sauce and sending him off to the sidelines for a touchdown and uh it it really just made me and not I'm not just basing my recommendation off this one play he's been very highly targeted I'd even say he's basically the second option in this offense uh there's this saying that's going around there like every game every announcer calls it third and Renfro and it's when it's third down, it, he, he does. It, he's Derek Carr's, you know, third down target, uh, and it often is successful for him. So, you know, I think he's going to be dependable. He's not a very high ceiling guy. I don't think he might have a couple of boom games, but uh, he's just a guy kind of like Jarvis Landry's been in the past, something like that, where uh, he's not flashy. Although, watch this video of him uh, because it's, it hits the flashy moves, but. Uh, but, you know, he's not going to get you 25 points a week, but uh, I think he'll be very dependable for you. And uh, Derek Carr is currently the leading passer in the NFL. So uh, I want some passing options that are available. And uh, Ruggs is probably off the waiver wire. Waller is probably off the waiver wire. But I think, uh, you know, Renfro can have just as much value as, as Ruggs. Nah, Waller's hanging around there somewhere. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. That's yeah. my number one. Yeah, we're there throwing him in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's a good selection. He's actually my um, yeah. Hunter Winfro is uh, my second wide receiver waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, he's been wide receiver wide receiver twenty seven so far this year. So high end wide receiver three for you. And his lowest fantasy output was twelve points in week two. So he's been very stable, like you said. So he'd, he'd make a great flex option. Was there any uh, last guys you 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 two want to get in uh, before we move on to our drop or keep section? I'll save one of mine for later. Uh, the the one name right. since we didn't bring up any tight ends, um, Tyler Conklin had a really good game, and you know Kyle Rudolph always did well in that offense. So maybe Tyler Conklin. But they brought in Christopher Herndon. He hasn't done shit. Um, so maybe Tyler Conklin's the tight end to own. Yeah, you know, I think with him and um, oh, who was the Osborne, the the wide the wide receiver, KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne. Yeah, I don't think you know. I think it's going to be one or the other with them each game. I don't think you'll, you know, you'll be able to count on either one of those guys. But I think each game, one of those guys is going to get enough work to be fantasy valuable. So uh, definitely worth rostering in deeper leagues or if you're in a, a really, really tough tight end. Pitch. Well, I'll throw in a tight end as well. Uh, Mr. Dalton Schultz had himself a monster game in week three. Uh, he finished as the tight end one on the week. 
And yeah, if he can finally like break away from Blake Jarwin and become a true tight end instead of them splitting time all the time, then he's going to be a very valuable fantasy asset. So um, if you're in need of a tight end, uh, definitely uh, go for Schultz. And and look what and look he did that against the Eagles defense and look how they shut down Kyle Pitts in the Atlanta offense. He was firing all cylinders. And that offense doesn't stop for no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right, guys. In order to pick up these wonderful targets that you've mentioned for these people, uh, we got to drop some people. So drop or keep, start out, Mark Ingram. This is a guy both of you were higher on than me. Uh, I mentioned I didn't think he would turn out uh, to be dependable based on the Houston offense being the Houston offense. Uh, he hasn't been dependable since week one. Where are you guys at with him? Dude, I'm so upset. David Johnson got two carries for 11 yards, so obviously they just want to use Ingram for so fucking, some fucking reason. So I don't think he's a drop yet. I still think he, they want to use him as the main back, even though it's ridiculous. I mean, but him being the main back got him, what, four points last week? Yeah, it was against the Panthers' run defense, who's one of the best in the NFL. They have been shutting people down. And they were going up yeah, against a rookie quarterback in this first game, stacking the box. So, Mark Ingram had no hope for that week. Yeah, if if they're playing – who are they playing next? Does anybody know? Uh, they are playing um, the Bills. Uh, shit, drop them. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a game script thing. If they're going to play a terrible team – He'd be mm-hmm. a good play yeah. because he's going to get a lot of rushing opportunities, like first and second down back. But they're not going to be in that game script very often unless they're playing like god awful teams. So the Bills are not a god awful team. So if you can drop him and get someone like Tim Patrick or you know the other guys we talked about, um, Chuba Hubbard, uh, even Peyton Barber, uh, I'd yeah. rather have him. At- wow, Peyton Barber. Okay, okay. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs is going to come back and Peyton Barber's going. Yeah, I think it's going to play never, Monday. I will never pick up Peyton Barber, but he did have a wonderful game. Uh, all right, moving on to our next guy here. This is, um, I don't really know who was the highest on him. I think we we're all kind of in the same place, but Johnny Smith, despite being one of the highest paid tight ends mm-hmm. in the league, has completely struggled. He had one play that turned into an interception, but basically he caught it and mm-hmm. then like threw it like a hot potato in the air and it was intercepted by uh, the defense. So, as uh, our, that that interception goes to Mac Jones, but it, it should have been a, a, a an interception for Johnny Smith. But uh, are you guys willing to wait it out, keep a measured tight end too, or are you dropping him yeah. for one of the other tight ends you 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 might have mentioned? I would want to hold on, even though I feel like Belichick I mean, might just trade him out of spite because he's probably pissed off at him for that interception. He just signed him to like a five. Yeah, he can't. He, he's <laughs> yeah. stuck with them for a while. Um, it's yeah. true, but maybe he'll yeah, use Hunter Henry I mean, instead now. If if you have deeper, you know, bench leagues, then you can try keeping them. But like Josiah, you were able to pick up Tyler Higby off of waivers and mm-hmm. or redraft. Like if you yeah. do that, you go pick up Tyler Higby and you go away laughing because uh, yeah, I would take him over Johnny Smith any day of the week now. Yeah, I got lucky. He had a rough week too, and somebody dropped him. I you know he's probably not out there Ooh. most, of the week, but but uh, but I was very happy to pick up Higby. Uh, but 
Uh, so wait, just to be clear, uh, but for one of the tight ends you named, uh, you guys named, or I'll even throw out somebody like Pat Fryermuth or Dan Arnold. Uh, would you guys rather have one of those guys than Johnny? Get the move. Yes. Yes, right. I would. Both of them. All right. Over Johnny. Drop Johnny. All right. Uh, third guy is a guy that uh, Nate has championed. Although he has championed him only at the beginning of the season, is it starting to get to the point where we are not depending on Sammy Watkins anymore? Uh, drop or keep Sammy Watkins, Nate? I mean, he still did reasonably well the last game. I mean, I would keep him in if, you know, you need a guy to thrust in at a safe, you know, he's going to get you 10 points and maybe he'll explode for 25. But, you know, it, it depends on who's on your waivers. There may be some better out there, but he's he's a lower-end uh, wide receiver. So like Emmanuel Sanders, Hunter Renfro, some of these guys we were mentioning, uh, Tim Patrick. Yeah, I'll drop Tim Patrick for sure. Okay. So I can answer this question pretty easily because I actually dropped Sammy Watkins this week because Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin are coming back. And he did awful this last game until he converted that, like, fourth and 19 at the end of the game. He did shit up until that point. So, I think that now there's more receivers coming. Sammy's done. He didn't do his beginning of the year blowout, and it's just not happening. Yes, I agree. That that was going to be the point I brought up exactly. Uh, Bateman will be back. And it's not that Mm -hmm. I think that Sammy Watkins won't have any more fantasy-relevant games. It's just it becomes a really difficult question of when do I start this guy and uh, I think you know somebody like Tim Patrick somebody like even Hunter Renfro I'm much more comfortable sliding in as a start so he is a driver for me um what about uh this is a guy that I mentioned as a as a waiver wire ad in week one uh Nelson Aguilar um obviously this is another Patriot in this section the Patriots offense has been uh struggling um but Nelson Aguilar has not been catching the ball so are we dropping nelson aguilar are we waiting out um obviously last year he was the number one target for the raiders no i'm dropping him jacoby myers is the number one so i would drop nelson aguilar exactly what i was gonna say drop him and pick up jacoby myers instead i think i saw where he's averaging uh i want to be right on this uh yeah he's averaging almost 10 targets per game Jacoby Myers mm-hmm. is, uh, which is, I think, 12th out of uh, all our wide receivers. So, yeah, anytime you're getting that kind of volume, it's going to pay off eventually. Did you know that Jacoby Myers has still yet to catch a touchdown on the NFL? And he has, mm-hmm. I think, the second most targets ever to not have a to not have a touchdown. To be fair, he's thrown two touchdowns. He just wow, hasn't caught a touchdown. This isn't, I didn't this know that. This isn't yeah. even me knocking, knocking Jacoby Myers. It's just – it's insane. He's had, like, way too many targets to not have a touchdown. Just the odds have not been in his – Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking – but, like, he had 19 points last week. If he could have gotten a touchdown on top of that, ooh, yeah. you're talking about a big-time receiver. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that will be a glorious one when it happens. Uh, and the last guy we got in our section here is Latavius Murray. Um, you know, he, he was used, but it's it, – against the lions in a game we would have expected them to pretty much run through them. Neither running back was at all effective. In fact, I think De- uh, Devonte Freeman somehow uh, was, was the most effective running back. So uh, where are we at with Latavius? I'd still hold on to him, but I'm not starting him, but there, there may be better out there. 
I just hate this backfield right now. Well, if, if like, Tyson Williams or, like, Le'Veon gets hurt or something, like, Latavius is going to be there because the only person they could probably bring in is Todd Gurley. And, unfortunately, I think I'd better have Latavius Murray. Or Marlon Mack. Or Marlon Mack. Or David Johnson. David Johnson is my dream. If David Johnson can get traded to the um, Ravens and then Tyson Williams just, like, is away and just doesn't exist anymore, oh, my – oh, God. Well, enough of your David Johnson fantasies because what we know is that Marlon Mack is on the trade block. That's true. You're right. He's actually – Good point. Hey, Marlon Mack to the Ravens would be a good one. But, no, yeah, going back, I think – and I did drop Latavius in a league we were in. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I would drop him definitely for Chuba, um, probably even for some of these wide receiver options we mentioned. Um, so yeah, he's a drop for me. Um, so yeah, that's gonna complete that section. We're gonna move on to dog debates. And our first topic, our first topic here is uh going to be regarding the rookie quarterbacks this year and uh pretty much every rookie quarterback we can name has struggled i mean save trey lance who just hasn't played except for four plays two of them being touchdowns he's struggling to see the field but he has more touchdowns than i think any (laughs) most of the rookie quarterbacks or he has as many as zach wilson uh but uh yeah so uh they are struggling though and my question to you guys is do you think this will continue to trend throughout the 2021 season now this isn't mean this doesn't mean that you're out on these guys long term or dynasty just do you think that i guess a good way to think of it is do you, we can go through each one and do you think they will finish this season as a top 24 quarterback so somebody that we would want to depend on and want a roster in you know a super flex league um and you know obviously there's trevor lawrence who actually just had a good bounce back game today so you know maybe we can uh he he's he was absolutely terrible he had i think seven interceptions and two fumbles in his first three games but no turnovers in his last game but uh zach wilson uh justin fields who uh we'll, we'll get into that um the davis mills i mean he did better than actually there's a stat that i thought was hilarious that uh you could combine zach wilson uh and justin fields fantasy scores and it's still less than what davis mills did he was the top scoring of any of these these guys and then of course you guys can mention trey lance as well i mean he might not end as a top 24 option but maybe once he gets the reins if you think that's going to happen this year uh so i'll pass it to you micah and let you give your opinion on this and if we can depend on any of these guys or or all of these guys potentially uh or none of them what I'm shocked by is that, you know, these rookie quarterbacks get drafted very high to bad teams and usually either with new coaching staffs or bad coaching staffs, and they come out the gate and don't look that great. Like, that's what blew our minds with Justin Herbert last year. It's just, just kind of unheard of someone playing that good that fast right away. So these rookie quarterbacks are just getting their feet wet. And some of them, like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, weren't ready to see the field um, yet and so like everyone knew that coming in so you know best case scenario they start by like season eight, or week eight or ten but I think it's kind of naive to think that they should already be the starting quarterbacks and going off and whatnot so um, Trevor Lawrence would probably be the only one that I really want to have going forward I think Matt Jones this year 
with the way they've thrown the ball, they want to rush the ball more. So I think he'll just miss out on the top 24 quarterbacks. And um, I think Trevor Lawrence will get in there. But Zach Wilson just don't have the help. Trey Lance won't become the starter until like midseason, even if he does. And when Andy Dalton's healthy, he's getting back on the um, field whenever he can. So I think Trevor Lawrence is your only shot as a, of a QB2 out of the rookies for the season. I, 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 what about Davis Mills? No, nah, Tyrod's going to come back. He played so good that he's going to get his starting job back. He no, never do does, though. <laughs> yeah, he, never, he, he never does. You're right, Nate. But I do agree, uh, although I will say Davis Mills played much better than I think any of us expected. Uh, but, uh, Nate, I'll pass it to you. Um, so, with for, for Micah, it's pretty much only Trevor Lawrence that he would want to roster uh, in redraft, obviously. All of these guys are still dynasty gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts, Nate? Uh, yeah, so I think Davis Mills could definitely be like a spot start for you, he, uh, especially later on in the season. But um, no, I'd, I'd feel comfortable saying Lawrence will be a QB2 this year. Um, and I'll just preface all of this by saying, yeah, like people's expectations were way too high just based on a historic year from Herbert last year. And now it's kind of getting reset to like, oh, yeah, rookie QB struggle. Um, so mm-hmm. and like sometimes they have to sit for a while. So yeah, that's that's what's going on right now. I would also feel comfortable saying that Mac Jones is going to end up as a QB two because like week one he ended up as QB twenty three on the week. Uh, week three he ended up as like QB twenty five, I believe. So he's already on that fringe, and I project he's going to get better and get some more touchdowns as the season goes on. So yeah, and uh, his receivers haven't really been helping him out, but that connection should improve as the season goes on as well. So. I, uh, I I think he'll end up as a QB two as well, so I think you can um, bet on him and Lawrence. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned Herbert, and that's why what Herbert did was so, especially Herbert did was so incredible. But even before Herbert, we've been spoiled for three years in a row um, because mm-hmm. we had Baker Mayfield come out and be great mm-hmm. right away on a horrible offense. Good. Uh, <laughs> well, he had a record-breaking rookie season for a quarterback. So yeah, good. Pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we saw we saw Baker Mayfield break records. Uh, then Kyler Murray came in and, you know, yeah. led his team to eight and eight. Um, and, you know, obviously Cliff Kingsbury built, built the entire offense around his rookie quarterback, which, uh, you know, that doesn't often happen uh, right away. And then – of course, we had Justin Herbert. So three years in a row, we had we had rookie quarterbacks really shine. And all three of those franchises should really, you know, take a look at their quarterback and realize they have a really good one because this was a completely unheralded best ever draft class for the rookie quarterbacks. And I still think they very well could be. But, man, they are struggling and more so than I expected any of them to for the most part uh none of us really touched on justin field's game too much so i guess i'll be the guy that does it uh man that was really rough he if, if you uh, factor in the the amount of yards he took and stacks uh he had a net of one past yard so uh it's pretty bad uh you know matt Nagy is just the, the thing that sucks is in my opinion you know trevor lawrence and justin fields are the most talented in this group and they went to the worst situations, the worst coaches situations. And so, uh, you know, I definitely think Justin Fields, especially with the starter situation going on, 
Uh, see, he still does have upside. Same thing for Trey Lance when they do get the job because of that rushing floor. But, you know, for the, for the time being, I'm, I'm out on fields for redraft. Uh, Lance, if you could roster him. You dropped him. Roster him. You dropped you him. Did. To be fair, to be fair, you – He's got Burrow, Herbert, and Daniel Jones. So you have yeah. three solid ass quarterbacks. So I do, but at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, I I did drop him in that team. Uh, George Kittle is questionable. I needed a tight end to, to possibly start behind him. But that being said, um, you know, I, I am out on fields. Uh, Lance, I don't think he'll be a top twenty four quarterback, but it, I still think, you know, especially if you don't love your quarterback situation, you know, keep him around. Um, Lawrence, you know, he just had a great game tonight. I think I'll, I'll probably agree with both of you and say that he's in the top 24. And for Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, I, I just don't see it happening now. Zach Wilson, I want to say he's going to have better games. Now, I was the lowest guy, mm-hmm. you know, I had him at four um, in, on this podcast, but I still think I like mm-hmm. a lot of the things I'm seeing out there. He just – I mean, the, the defense he's running for his fucking wife. He's not going to be able to score 35 points a game, and that's what his defense is going to allow. Yet. So, yeah. he, he had the least time to throw out of any of the rookie quarterbacks this week, uh, or week three, I mean. So, yeah, he, he uh, they, they need Mims back in a big way. Right. No, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not – he's not somebody I would roster in redraft either right now. So – uh, for me, those are the, 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 that's my my thoughts on the. Oh, Davis Mills, I'm out on him too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> w- one last question, uh, just to get uh, get to you guys. I don't know if you remember it off the top of your head. Hopefully, you do. But have your dynasty rankings for any of these guys changed at all? Um, I haven't moved them around really yet. I'm going to wait till at least like four weeks go by. Um, but I mean, Mac Jones is, I knew you he might be moving up. Swap him out with Zach Wilson. Yeah, he, he might move up to that number two spot. Um, I'm staying put. I'm staying put with how it was. I'm going to wait and see. I feel confident in my preseason judgment. I don't want to judge anything off of three weeks yet. So. Um, talk to me about you know week ten. We can revisit the situation or question. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I'm gonna stay put as well. Though I am also tempted to swap. I mean, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson were four and five for me, but uh, you know maybe putting Mac Jones ahead of Zach Wilson uh, just because Mac has looked good despite the offense being completely unproductive. Um, uh-huh. but, um, all right. Uh, unless you guys have anything to add to that conversation, we can move on to our next topic here. And that is probably after three weeks, the best draft pick in fantasy, Mr. Mike Williams, a 10th round receiver, <laughs> yeah. uh, who is currently the wide receiver two in fantasy. Um, so do we think, you know, obviously I don't think any of us would say he's going to finish wide receiver two, but let's say, is he going to finish as the overall wide receiver two, but, uh, you know, is he going to finish as a top 12 receiver as a, as a wide receiver one, uh, and, and is, is he now the number one target over Keenan Allen? Um, so, so what, what do you guys think about this? So I'll pass it to you, Micah, and let you give your thoughts on Mike Williams. I could see Mike Williams and Keenan Allen becoming this year's Tyra Lockett and DK Metcalf from last year. 
uh, two receivers end up as wide receiver ones. They may not be as high as so like I think they were six and eight, but I could see both of them, you know, treading around the ten to twelve, like lower end wide receiver ones because they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. And it's a contract year for Mike Williams. He's going to be a free agent, so you know he wants the bag. So, or maybe he wants them to pay him and then trade Keenan Allen and stay as Justin Herbert's top target. But um, I'm, I'm buying into Mike Williams. I, I think there's a really good chance that he ends the year as a wide receiver one at this point. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to finish as a wide receiver one. I see him more in maybe the high-end wide receiver two range. But I think he'll fall down just a little bit as teams focus a little more towards him. They're putting a lot of attention towards Keenan Allen. And they've also played three pretty terrible pass defenses uh, the first three weeks. So uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. So they've got some tougher matchups coming up. So I'd expect him to fall back down to earth a little bit. But, I mean, he's still going to be a great fantasy option and worth a lot more than his draft capital. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Keenan Allen was my wide receiver five, I believe, uh, for redraft coming in the year. And I'm I'm still – I mean, Keenan Allen's still been producing. It hasn't been at the expense uh-huh. of Keenan Allen. But here's where it's tricky for me. I do think that Keenan Allen will still get more targets and probably more receptions. But Mike Williams has like five or six touchdowns. Uh, I'll have to – I mean, he's, he's getting targeted a lot in the red zone. And I think – if he continues to outproduce Keenan Allen, it'll be on the back of that. Um, now, touchdowns are often unreliable, but when you're when you're pretty much the number one red zone target, you know a lot of times these guys you can kind of target in on them, and yeah. I think that's that's what's happening with with Mike Williams right now. But uh, an interesting stat for you guys: um, if Mike Williams were to finish in the top five uh, receivers uh, at the end of the year. He would be the lowest uh, in ADP draft pick uh, to finish as a top five receiver since Odell Beckham did it his rookie year. So, uh, so it's Ooh. been, you know, it'll be Man. almost a decade since somebody has outperformed their draft. draft a wide receiver. I don't know if he'll get top. I don't know if he'll get top five, but yeah, ten. No, I can no, see I top know. ten, just, twelve. Just, yeah, right. If it were to happen, so uh, so yeah, just an interesting. But if it step, were to happen, uh, it'd be crazy. Definitely. If you drafted Mike Williams, you can, uh, you have a big leg up because <laughs> you have a, uh, you know, a, a, a locked in top 24 receiver. Yeah, steal. Weekly start. And yeah, gender. steal. Uh, well, all right, guys. Uh, moving on to, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier with our coverage on Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but what are we doing with CMC? You know, we saw last year. Keep him on your roster. Okay. All right. Well, well. Let, let me give you a couple a couple of uh, scenarios here. So, you know, obviously the three options are keep, you know, or if you don't have him, are you trying to trade for him right now? Uh, or if you do have him, are you trying to trade him away? So those are kind of the three things, actionable steps we can take. But last year we saw, you know, he had the, the injury where he was only supposed to be out a couple of weeks. He came back for one week, got re-injured with a different injury and was out for pretty much the rest of the year after that. Um, you know, a lot of people, this is a huge decision because, you know, if you go and trade for Christian McCaffrey, you're going to have to give up some very key pieces, but it could absolutely pay off. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a cheat code. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say you're an 0-3 team. Let's say you're an 0-3 team and you need to win this week. You know what I mean? And you have Christian McCaffrey who's not going to play for you. Are you trading him in that case? So, so, you know, kind of explore those routes. Uh, 
Nate, I'll pass it to you first. You know, you, you said keep him on your roster. So I know that might be your default answer, but can you see a situation where you might be trading him away if you have him, or, you know, are you maybe trying to trade for him in the leagues you're in right now? Yeah. I mean, if you've managed to go 0 and 3 with Christian McCaffrey on your team in the first three weeks, uh, you need some serious help in other areas. So yeah, it might be worth selling them off for like two good pieces that can uh, provide you some much needed points. So, uh, so yeah, I could see it doing there. It kind of just depends on where you're at and what your team needs are. Well, yeah. And in week three, you might've lost because of him because he only got, I think like seven mm-hmm. points because he got injured, but yeah, the first two weeks he went off. Um, but yeah, Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah, if you're 0 and 3 or 1 and 2, like you're trading Christian McCaffrey for some other pieces. If you're 3 and 0, you just see if he sits like a week or two because your team's probably not just 3 and 0 because of him. So I, I think you hold on to Christian McCaffrey unless you're, you know, doing terribly. And then don't be like Slade and deny my trade request where I try to send him Joe Mixon and Jameis Winston for Christian McCaffrey because he needs a quarterback too. Uh, but so <laughs> these are the kind of trade offers you're going to get people. Yeah. That, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, so I guess that's your answer. I think for me, I don't think I would be willing to maybe in a lower dollar league or something, but I don't think I'm willing to s- s- trade off my big pieces right now for McCaffrey. It's, it's, it's a little too hot for me right now. Now I know that when he's back, I'm going to be happy that I did it, but I mean, what you'd probably have to give away if it doesn't turn out, you're, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So. This, this is why you draft Derrick Henry. You just sit and forget. Mm-hmm. Like, like, All your problems like, melt away. What's that? Like over Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I mean, I didn't have him right that way because McCaffrey's a beast when he's on the field. But if you want a sure thing, Derrick Henry yeah. is a sure thing as you did get. it. If I can go back in time, I'm drafting Derrick Henry number one. Like, if I can go right back in time and right before our draft, I'm taking Derrick Henry number one and redraft. Maybe Especially right with now. what he's done. He has more catches than Kamara this year. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, dude, when he caught, like, what was it, like six passes or something against the uh, Seahawks, Seahawks, all I could think of was the fucking Happy Gilmore where he's like, Happy learned how to putt. Oh, <laughs> like, that's a whole other element <laughs> to his game. Yeah. No, it's not fair. And then he yeah, has 47 point games. But yeah, he even had three catches last week. So, anyways, this wasn't supposed to be about uh Derek Kenny, it's supposed to be about CMC. My actionable advice is if you have him, shoot some trade offers i mean make them extreme make them clear wins for you even if christian mccaffrey comes back now i know that's hard to do but yeah maybe you can get camara and calvin ridley or an underperforming receiver or something like that and if you can do that i'm 100 percent, you know pulling that trigger but if you can't get you know clear uh you know the same value you would have gotten for him before he was injured, then I'm not selling him at a discount at all. But I do think, especially if you need a win, it's worth, it's worth doing right now. Were you going to add something, Micah? Uh, I was just going to plug that, um, you know, if Slade wants to trade me Christian McCaffrey for Saquon Barkley and James <laughs> Winston, that he can do uh, that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell Slade to listen to him. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, moving on to our fourth and final dog debate here, and this is about 
a man who is near and dear to our hearts and a man that has burned us because I know we all have him on teams at least for the first three weeks. And it's Kyle Pitts to finish is and, and if he will finish outside of uh, I have the top six tight ends, but I mean, right now I think he's, you know, outside of the top 12 tight ends. So, uh, you know, do we expect him to still bust? You know, I drafted him in several leagues in the late fourth, early fifth rounds. I know Nate did the same thing. Um, you know, all of us took him very high in dynasty drafts, which not as worried about that, but uh, in redraft, is he the, you know, dependable tight end we thought he was going to be this year? I'll pass it to you first, Nate. Yeah, I mean, he's tied in 15 so far in the year, and I think he's only going to go up from here. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson <laughs> Justin Jefferson last year didn't really do nothing in his first two games, and then he exploded from, from then on out. But, yeah, it takes him a while, and, like, his lowest output so far has been seven points, which you can't say the same for TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant or, you know, he, he's getting, been getting consistent amount of targets um and he's already hit over 15 points in a game in week two so no i I think he has plenty of upside and he's going to get better as the season goes on okay well he's got some good matchups too certainly rather have hawkinson despite the fact that hawkinson might have scored less than him at some point oh i agree but i'm just saying he's been consistent and he has upside right yeah i mean i think you kind of have to downgrade all of the Falcons options, to be honest. Like, I think all I had, you know, Calvin Ridley is my number four receiver. He's probably a low end number one now. Um, it's, it's rough, you know. I mean, the, I, I, I'm trying to call it like I see it. I love the Falcons. I want us to do good. But man, our offense does not look, you know, good in real life, but certainly not good for fantasy. So I, uh, I, I mean, look, I'm not dropping him. I might be trying to trade him to people, but at this point, I don't, I, I don't think people are really going to be biting. Um, so, you know, um, it's tough. I mean, obviously, I'd like to maybe roster a second tight end that I, that I can maybe start in some situations over him, which that's what I was hoping I didn't have to do, drafting a tight end in the mm-hmm. fourth or fifth round. So I can't, I can't say that I'm not disappointed, and, and I re- – I think he will finish as a tight end one, but I really don't think I see him as a top six tight end anymore. Well, here's the thing I think we completely overlooked coming into the season because I'm pretty confident that Arthur Smith went to the Kyle Shanahan school of hating fantasy football. And I just think that the only way for those offenses to be fantasy relevant is when they're actually like moving really well and scoring touchdowns and clicking on all cylinders, which I think it might be a year away. We might have jumped the gun on the Atlanta Falcons offense being what it is. Um, so I think it's just trying to gel the O-line, getting together a bunch of young guys. So maybe the back end of the season and then Pitts is winning you like, you know, playoff games because maybe that's when the Arthur Smith offense is just, um, completely on fire. So I I don't want to give up on pitch yet. I think he can end up as top six still. Well, and even with being a rookie and even with how terrible the Falcons have been the first three games, he's still only 12 points behind Kittle who is tied in six Mm -hmm. at the moment. So, you know, exactly. he's not, like, way far off or anything. And uh, Wow, so the gap between 6 and 15 is 12 points? Yeah. Yes. God, tight ends suck. <laughs> yeah, they, they, tight ends have sucked this year. They've been really I bad. Dal- Dalton Schultz is tight end 5, I believe. Can we just mm-hmm. not – can we just boom week. not give tight end coverage anymore? Just, just not. 
Okay. So Nathan's still in. Looks like I'm the most out. And uh, you said you're still in on him being top six, Mike. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I am. Okay. I sure. I mean, look. I really hope so. And he's there's there's moments when he does catch the ball and makes an awesome run after. He's very hard to tackle. I see all the things that I, you know, was excited about and why he was the greatest prospect. It's just, uh, it's hard to know what to expect from our, from our Falcons. Um, but, um, all right, that concludes our dog debate section and we're going to move on to start sit. And, uh, these are some fringe players. I'm going to give four, um, at each, uh, position and, uh, that, that we're going to decide if we're going to, Starter sit. So uh, first, <laughs> we're going to give Mr. Daniel Jones at New Orleans. So obviously, New Orleans has been one of the top defenses this year. Uh, Daniel Jones has been surprisingly good. Me and Micah are Daniel Jones supporters. Uh, Nathan, not as much. But uh, are we starting him this week against New Orleans? Or are we looking for other options? I'm just going to say it. I think that Daniel Jones is quarterback or um, matchup proof completely. I think in Superflex, you can start him every week, if, especially as QB2. And I think there are many weeks you're starting him as your QB1 because I just think his rushing upside keeps him up so much. I mean, look at his last game um, where he didn't get a touchdown. He still got almost 20 points, like yeah. 19 and a half points with no touchdown. The game he played really well. So just the vaunted Falcons defense just had a little thing up their sleeve. But, yep, I'm starting Daniel Jones, rest of schedule. Nate. And I don't hate the guy. I just don't think he's a QB one. And he, he he dropped like six spots this week, and he'll keep dropping a little bit more. But I do feel comfortable with him as a QB two. And uh, you know, you can start him as a QB two against the Saints, but it might not be the best game of his season. So just you know, be be prepared for that. Evan Ingram's back though. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll drop a few for him. So nah, my, my thoughts, I, 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 drafted, uh, I drafted Daniel Jones a lot as a QB three and, and he's he turned smart. out really well for me. I am sitting him in some leagues. For instance, I'm sitting him against the matchup. I'm against Micah right now. I am played Daniel uh, Joe Burrow instead tonight. Um, Joe Burrow did fine. The, the, so hopefully I won't regret that, but uh, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that I think Daniel Jones is matchup proof. I do think he will probably have bad games still. And I will say I'm a little worried about him this week, not only because of New Orleans, but because Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are both out. So, you know, Sterling Shepard was his clear number one target, and uh, he hasn't developed the chemistry with Galladay yet. So, That's why Evan Ingram coming back is a big deal. If he can catch the ball. Um, But, but yeah, uh, you know, Daniel Jones – it's a, it's somebody that I'm okay with starting, but you know, I'm fading him this week, certainly compared to where I have him in, in, in previous weeks, but um, start him. You, you make a good, his, uh, his, his rushing upside. I mean, imagine if you had a quarterback who automatically started with a touchdown and a half, that's what Daniel Jones has done in the rushing game mm-hmm. this year, well, average on average. So, uh, you know, it's uh it's it's hard to to deny that that kind of upside but anyways uh moving on to our second guy here and it's going to be mr jared goff playing at chicago so jared goff had a dud last week uh we were uh you guys especially were a little bit higher than him on him than me i think i wanted to sit him last week y'all said start 
Um, are we starting them against Chicago? You know, Chicago's defense is good, but maybe not as good as it's been in years past. Uh, Nate, what do you think? Uh, you can start him hoping for like a lower end QB two game and he may surprise, but yeah, this isn't the best of matchups and, um, you know, maybe you have better on your team, but it's not a death penalty against the bears. Like it was some years. So he could still end up getting you 20 points or more. All right. Micah. He's a good QB too. And I know we don't talk about survivor leagues on here often, but if you're in one, you pick the Detroit lions against the Chicago bears this weekend. That game's happening. Golf's playing good. Lions are winning. So I like him as a QB two, maybe as a QB one. I'm pulling for the Lions, man. They Dude, they, they they're 0 and 3, but they're a good 0 and 3 team. Yeah, they're yeah, a good 0 and 3 team. Scrappy and fight until the end every game. Bite uh, kneecaps. Bite kneecaps. Right. Uh, you know, I like that that uh Dan Campbell's gonna make DeAndre Swift an RB1 this year. Uh, but our next start sit is Matt Ryan versus Washington football team. Where I swear to God, if, if, Jake, if Jake Matthews lets Chase Young kill Matt Ryan Sunday, I'm going to be just so upset for words. That man scares me, but the Falcons D-line or O-line has played pretty well. It's gotten better each week. So Jalen Mayfield has looked incredibly better compared to week one. It's gotten better each week. Still hasn't reached the level of pretty well yet, though. It went from terrible garbage to, like, unsatisfactory. But the Washington defense hasn't looked as good as we all thought it was going to look. So I I, I like Matt Ryan, QB2. I I don't think he'll be a QB1 this week. Micah, I was going to make that exact point about the Washington defense. They are 32nd, dead last in the league uh, against quarterbacks this year so far. So I say start Matt Ryan. He did better this last week. He got like 15 and a half points, something like that, low in QP2. Um, put him in there. I don't know, guys. I mean, so yes, the Washington defense has underperformed drastically. I don't have reasons for that because they're loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded. And, I mean, if, if their defensive line is looking bad, I have to feel like our offensive line is going to be what they need to start looking good again. Well, I mean, uh, the Bucks are loaded on defense, but they're, like, been one of the worst against quarterbacks just because, like, people aren't even bothering to run against right. them. They just like just pass the entire game. They've also had two injuries at the cornerback position. So that, you know, that's hurt them. And they just sh- signed Richard Sherman uh, to, to, to try to solve that. So, uh, but anyways, um, I think I'm probably going to sit Matt Ryan. I mean, I told you guys last week, I'm out on Matt Ryan and as a fantasy option, not in my heart, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would prefer not to roll him out this week. Um, and our last Start sit question for quarterback is going to be Jameis Winston versus the Giants. He's been very, he has yet to throw for two, uh, 150 yards this season. He's just sneaking up on him. What? He's just, he's just slow playing <laughs> up. He's going to explode for the 30 for 30 <laughs> classic. Finish with six. Thousand yards. He's just sneaking up on <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
to his credit, he is QB 17 on the year, but it's most of that came in, QB one, or in week one. Yes. And he had five touchdowns. So, yeah, hopefully you can do better for your QB two. Uh, that that would be my hope. Yeah. But, but he's going to get good points if you put him in there. Yeah, and he's going to have to throw a lot because Daniel Jones is going to be fucking up the Saints defense. So he's going to be trying to play catch up the whole time. So he might end up throwing like three picks, but he'll probably get five touchdowns on top of it. Yeah, like I was about 400 to say, yards. Playing catch up is not a good. <laughs> it's not a. He not puts catch up on his crab legs. That's what he oh, does. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Uh, all right. So I'm sitting Jameis Winston. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, all right, moving on to the running back position. Are we starting the guy that we called before he was the big waiver wire pickup? We told you to pick him up. And we're biased, but look, it's it's real, baby. Cordell Patterson, it's here versus the Washington football team. Uh, are are we starting him? And is he our is he our most valuable fantasy option? <laughs> I don't think for the long term, but he's definitely a good flex start for right now. And uh, he you know has a very safe floor and pretty good upside as well. So he has a role in this offense and. Uh, that may say something about the offense, but it is what it is for fantasy and take advantage of it while you can. He has as many catches as DeAndre Hopkins and one less fantasy point than Alvin Kamara. <laughs> like when I put it in those terms, mm. you have to start this man. <laughs> like there's, you don't look at the name. Just, just know that he's Alvin Kamara minus one point. And here's the thing: you you have to start him because there aren't there's not going to probably be a single game this year where the Falcons are like winning by like you know three or four touchdowns and they're just trying to run out the clock with Mike Davis. They're either going to be neck and neck or they're going to be trying to come back on a team and they're going to be using Cordell Patterson a lot and using a bunch of dump offs and using him in the flats like they have been. So I think Cordell Patterson's here to stay. One out of every. Mm three passing plays Mac Ryan will either get sacked or have to dump the ball off to avoid getting sacked. So Mm -hmm. uh, that that's just how it's going to be. So Cordell Patterson, you got to start him. Um, All right. What about Mr. Damian Harris versus Tampa Bay? Um, It's been very up and down throughout the season. Obviously Tampa Bay is a very, very difficult run defense to rush against. Um, what, What are we doing with Mr. Damian Harris? Well, I don't know if y'all heard the news, but James White is out and done for the year. So, that means one of two things. Either Damian Harris is about to get more receiving work or now Ramondre is about to be the the whole wrecking ball that he is going to be. Or J.J. Taylor takes uh, over that third down role. He can't, pla- he can't pass block. Yeah, he can. No, he can't. Ramondre can't pass block. He got blasted. He's an, <laughs> he's an incredible pass blocker. <laughs> Not so far. But anyway, you wait and see. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that backfield shakes out. But for this week, are we starting? <laughs> That's the question. I, I, I could put him in flex and grip my teeth and hope he gets uh, in the end zone. I mean, the first two weeks he had like almost sixteen points each week, uh, but last week against the Saints it was a dud. So uh, it's just not a good defense to run against against the Bucks, but you know you, you can put him in flex and and pray also Belichick's going to want to wave Mac Jones around on the field like it's his wiener in front of Tom Brady and be like I moved on from you and now I'm in a better spot so 
they're probably going to be going for passing touchdowns more than rushing. So I see Damian Harris, bad value this week. All right, so that means sit, right? Sit. You need to sit Damian Harris. All right. Uh, yeah, sit sit for me as well. I mean, there's very few – there's probably 10 to 12 running backs that I'm not scared to play against the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Damian Harris isn't one of those guys yet. So uh, got to sit him. All right, uh, what about Mr. Tyson Williams at Denver? Obviously had a complete bust game. He's still um, averaging one of the highest yards per carries in the league, however – and still seems to be getting the most work, including the only one getting passing work. Um, so, you know, are we are we comfortable with Tyson Williams at Denver? No, sit him. Right. him. I don't feel comfortable with anyone in this backfield, not named Lamar, to be honest with you. But I think he had the yeah. third least amount of touches out of the running backs this last week, uh, Murray and Freeman. He had more touches than than, than Freeman. Yeah, uh, I think Freeman did more than. Yeah, Freeman not produced yeah. it, but but he. Touches. Fair enough, Micah. Here's the thing: I want to sit him, but at the same time, the Broncos' secondary is so good, they might want to try to establish the run and run the ball more than try to throw it, especially because even if Bateman and Miles Boy can play, this is their first beat back. So I could see them maybe trying to establish the run more because that's what they were doing this past week against Detroit. They were fucking around throwing the ball the whole game instead of trying to run the ball. So I could see them maybe trying to flip it up for this matchup against the Broncos and him finishing with a decent day. So I would start him in my flex. I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, the Broncos have one of the best secondaries in the league, and they still have a good front seven, but it is obviously greatly weakened due to Chubb, you know, missing uh, a couple of weeks, the upcoming weeks. So, um, yeah, you know, I th- I think if you have to start him. I know the RB twos, and especially you know, if you're trying to flex a third RB, it gets really thin. Um, you know, he's probably right around my 24th to 25th running back to start this week. So, you know, start him, but hopefully you have better wide receiver options and don't need to flex him and two better running backs. But uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, all right. Well, what about Jamal Williams at Chicago? Jamal Williams, despite. DeAndre Swift clearly being the lead back and especially getting um, more more targets. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams is getting goal line carries. He's getting targets himself. He's getting at least 10 rushes every game. Uh, so, you know, um, are we comfortable starting him this week? And even more so maybe for, for this guy, just do we think he's like a, a weekly flex guy, maybe like a Pollard or, or Kareem Hunt? Like, do we see him at that level yet? Or do we still need to see it a little bit more? I think this is exactly like a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt situation where, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is going to be the guy, but Jamal Williams is going to be getting enough work to get you consistent fantasy points. Uh, he's RB 13 on the season so far. So, yeah, I mean, he could you could start him at RB2, but I definitely feel comfortable uh, putting him in the flag spot, um, even against the Bears. Yeah, he seems like one of those guys that, like, will either get you, like, just under 10 points or, like, 20, 25 so I think it's valuable as a flex spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is a uh, DeAndre Swift is getting red zone carries, but it is it seems often when they get inside the five, particularly, 
you know, Jamal Williams is coming in. So well, it's because DeAndre Swift crossed the goal line and they don't give him the score <laughs> for it because the refs are idiots. And so they have to use Jamal Williams in such occasions. Quick backstory. Nathan lost a matchup to yours truly this week because of that call. So he's because ready. we don't have ball sensing technology implemented in the NFL. That is why I lost. And yes, I have sour grapes and I'm not getting over it and you can shut up. Fair enough. Hey, I'm just happy to eke out with the victory here. But uh, Jamal Williams, that is a start from you as well, Micah. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, you got to start him. I think he's like a Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt kind of backup running back, but he's worth a start every week. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. I have him on several teams. Uh, I was very high on him and uh, it's worked out for me so far. And, you know, I'd even say that it depends if you have people that are actually looking and see that he's the the rb13 you can sell him but i think just he doesn't have the name value and some people might not know how valuable he is right Mm -hmm. now so might just be best to keep and be your rb3 you know um or or maybe you have three better running backs but anyways um all right moving into these wide receivers we got a guy we mentioned earlier in jacoby myers versus tampa bay um you know, are we comfortable starting? Do we think the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball? I mean, obviously, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit here about this big Sunday night matchup. Tom Brady's going to fucking New England. Uh, stroke your cock, everybody. Uh, fucking, I just, I'm tired of Get hearing excited. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tired of hearing the story. But anyways, <laughs> that's the big. Week four storyline, so we said it, we covered it. But Jacoby Myers and Tampa Bay, are, do we think – how do we As think you can tell, we're real it? lovers of football on this on this podcast here. Well, uh, weren't we, we just talking – It's like the greatest regular – like they're going to – the Bucks are going to cream the Patriots. Like it's not going to be – We'll see. Well, like we were talking – what we were talking about earlier about like people passing on the Bucks instead of running on them because of how good their run D is – um, so more than likely Jacoby Myers is going to be playing in the slot and getting a bunch of dump offs. And, and there's no way that the Patriots are not going to score a touchdown in this game. Belichick is not going to look pitiful out there on Sunday night football. He will have a game plan ready. It'll be a close game. And I think Jacoby Myers is going to get his first ever receiving touchdown on Sunday night, calling it. Right. This is your third called touchdown in a row the first two have not worked out let's see if we get number three yeah i'm sorry about uh, king gamewell everybody apologies <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him in the start uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no jacoby myers he is actually going to i'm gonna go and spoil it he's my wide receiver start of the week The man is getting massive amounts of targets. And this is, of course, start based on his value and all that stuff. But I feel like this is a great week for him. Uh, Washington may be the worst against quarterbacks in fantasy, but the Bucs are the worst against receivers in fantasy right now. So they're 32nd in the league, and I think Jacoby Myers is going to take advantage of that. They're going to have to go through the air because the run is going to be there. So start of the week at wide receiver. Yo, why didn't you tell us earlier that you dropped um, Sammy Watkins for Jacoby Myers? Because I wanted to pick him up before I did this podcast. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so we know how Nate feels. Um, Yeah, I think he's somebody you can roll out. I 
I don't know how high the ceiling is going to be. I don't think he's going to score a touchdown this game. Um, you know, he did have, I think, what, 10 receptions last week or nine or some enough to have serious PPR value. So I can see that happening again. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting him. I don't have any, any reason to sit him. Um, what about Mr. Antonio Brown coming back from COVID uh, on the other side of the ball uh, going up against New England? Um, is this, uh, you know, obviously, Nate, this was your sleeper call at the beginning of the season, but do we are we worried about maybe – uh, now, he, uh, he did experience, uh, experience a symptomless uh, COVID. He didn't mm-hmm. have any issues, so he says. So, um, you know, are, are you worried about starting him this week? Uh, any hesitancy there? I am hesitant. It's a high-risk, high-reward type thing because I feel like with the Bucks right now, it's a roll of the dice, especially with him back in the fray. It's a roll of the dice based on, like, which one or two – receivers are going to be like have a good fantasy game and the other one is just going to be left out to dry sometimes it's Evans sometimes it's Godwin and sometimes it's going to be a B but I I think you need to start him but just know he could bust for you because that just seems to be what it is with the Bucks right now um yeah so just to be clear this you're kind of viewing him how you would view him every week the COVID coming back from COVID is an added factor to that Nah, not really. I mean, unless something comes about that he's like, you know, being limited in practice or, you know, going to be on a snap count or something, then obviously I wouldn't start him. But otherwise, he's he's Antonio Brown. Okay. And Micah, where are you at? Yeah, I'm not starting him this week. It's a roulette wheel with the, um, the Buccaneers receivers, and I, I just don't think he's getting them this week. Yeah, I agree. I'm sitting him. I, you know, just to be safe, I, you know, maybe he uh, did come to the, I think he came back to practice today. So he's still coming back late. I don't know how much a, a part of the game plan he's going to be quite in this game. And New England has a very good defense. So who knows? Maybe Tampa Bay will actually have struggles moving the ball in general. Um, but um, moving on to a next guy who, was another PPR god last week, and he has he was all last season. He finishes a top twenty receiver, and it's Cole Beasley. It's a guy that nobody friggin' you know wants to roster, but he's, Cole, do your own research, Beasley. Yeah, that's right. And when I do the research, he's a good he's a good fantasy option. So, he is. Uh, you know, are are we starting him uh, against in a wonderful matchup against Houston? Um, you know, Nate, what, what do you think? You have to start the man, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, he's he's good at what he does. Uh, he's not my favorite player in the world, but he can get you over 20 points in a game, and he's normally pretty consistent as well. So he's on a great offense. You, you got to do what you got to do and start the man. No, nah, you're going to sit him this week. Stephon Diggs is about to have a 10-catch, 150-yard, three-touchdown game, one of those ridiculous ones. Since he's been just missing out on them, it's happening this week. He's getting all the targets. Cole Beasley said, "Stephon Diggs, the guy you ranked like damn near a wide receiver too." Yeah, but he's probably frustrated. He hasn't had like a ton of like yards and stuff this year, so I see him having a blowout game against Houston. Yeah, so like, right, we'll give you your, your ranking was closer than mine, to be fair. But uh, yeah, um, I he's somebody I can roll out. I'm really hoping. And if, this look, this says I'm not letting any you know. Anything he said outside of the game influenced this decision, but I'm hoping that I have better options. You know, he, he is a safe floor guy. 
but uh you know and, and and you know i know this is houston i'm sure they're gonna but it's also possible that they're just running the ball the whole second half uh so you know mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it's always a smash start when they're playing a team that a team's playing a team on a you know much lower tier but um you can start them i don't think it's gonna hurt you but again i'm, I'm hoping i have higher upside options um, and the last guy is a guy that we've had in pretty much every section at this point. Um, had a little bit of a bounce back last week. I know your answer to this, Micah, because you're starting him against me. But uh, oh, how do you know? Versus Seattle. Yeah, dude, I'm starting him over Antonio Brown because he's gonna fuck shit up this week. He, he almost caught that touchdown last week, and if he would, oh, he would have had such a good day if he got he it. Got, he did so. Play. He did catch a touchdown. Well, he almost got, no, he always got another touchdown. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, yeah, he could have had a two touchdown day. So it seems like he's out of the doghouse or whatever. Um, and also, Trey Sermons looks like he sucks, so they're not going to be running the ball, so they're going to have to throw it. Yeah, I, I think Elijah Mitchell might be back this week. But uh, yeah, I mean, either way, I think they're going to have to toss the ball around some. And like you said, Ayuk, I think he's out of the doghouse. He's playing a whole lot better he got like what like almost 15 points this last week um yeah i, I think he's going to be a solid start from from here on out there'll probably be some ups and downs but he'll be good now look this isn't my trey lance fandom talking but and i'd love to hear you guys thoughts garoppolo looks terrible am i right like he looks really he sucks but lance <laughs> isn't ready like he looks he, really, really bad. Like yeah, he's not that good, but Lance isn't ready yet. I I know that. I'm not. And look, I'm not saying that Lance would step in and make all these guys fantasy legends or anything. What I am saying though is, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo's third option. Now, look, here's one thing that I will say: if if Kittle is out this week, which uh, you know he was uh, mispracticed the past two days, so definitely monitor that. It doesn't look like a serious injury, but. If he were declared out this week, definitely Ayuk would be a start for me. But as of right now, I'm very comfortable sitting Ayuk. Um, you know, there's a league where I have Ayuk and I had T. Higgins, and T. Higgins was declared out, and I'm deciding between Ayuk and Corey Davis. So, you know, I might go Ayuk there, but I'm kind of leaving Corey Davis. Now, I will say Seattle has a terrible defense in general, so this this could be a good spot, but I'm not as confident as you guys are. Um Garoppolo just looks really bad. And again, this isn't me saying Lance would be any better, but I sure hope he would be. That concludes our start sit section. And uh, this week, we're going to hit you with our buy, low, sell, high candidates. Cha-ching, so, chang Micah, who you got as your buy, low candidate this week? My top buy low candidate is none other than Jonathan Taylor because there is no reason he should be doing what he has so far this season. It's exactly like last year. I see him getting his touches and having those 25, 30 point games. So I think his value is at an all time low. And I'm thinking that Jonathan Taylor is the top buy low for me. Okay. You did it again. You boomed me. Sorry. Wasn't wasn't your start of the week? uh, Or no, no, no. That's not start of the week. Never mind. This is by low. By low. He was my start of the week last week. It didn't go to plan. Quentin Nelson got hurt in the fourth. Okay, sorry. I got my sections crossed. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. So that's your by low. Um, Yeah. Yes, that's um, my. I couldn't agree more. Fantastic by low option. 
uh, yeah, I, I think like some owners might be worried and I'll be honest, like he might not have his bounce back game this week because Quentin Nelson's looks like he's probably going to be out this week, but he should be back the next week. They should look a little bit better. That'll be the week. Um, or it'll be the week when Jacob Easton takes over a starting quarterback. Mike is going to turn the season around this into existence. So just they're so just close to it happening. I just want to insert a very quick, closely related blurb, but I think in Dynasty, I'm ready to put Swift over Taylor. What do you guys think about that? I want to wait on because well, hear, hear me, hear me out. Look, Swift was my number one coming out of college it wasn't until the stupid fucking draft it made me swap everybody around and put <laughs> Clyde Edwards in there first <laughs> you were the only one second hey they did it to the Chiefs too they took and him look, at the, and especially with Swift I dropped him because he was for the Lions and so it was the situation I'm not doing this anymore I'm trusting my evaluations fuck the situation like DeAndre <laughs> Swift Number one running back in this class. Okay, anyway, sorry, that was unrelated, but uh, I do think Jonathan Taylor is a – it's not unrelated, but uh, tangential. Uh, but I do think Jonathan Taylor is a, is a really good uh, buy-low candidate right now. I think managers of him, especially if they're 3-0 and uh, – I mean, sorry, 0-3, are probably looking to, uh, to shake things up a little bit. So definitely shooting off of their way. And yet you just had a segment last week of like, oh, these 2020 running backs, guys, what are we going to do? And like DeAndre <laughs> Well, <laughs> even during that second, we were all like, oh, DeAndre Swift's pretty good. Yeah. Like, uh, he was like the only one that we weren't worried about. Like, but, both of them are hurt. <laughs> no, and yeah. James Robinson, well, he had a bounce back game again. Well, look, my, my rankings, when we, did, when we did our rankings in our episode, Swift was number two for mm-hmm. me. So it was already Jonathan Taylor, just Swift number. So I'm just saying, I think I'm ready to move Swift over to, to number you, one. I mean, they're close I mean, for uh, me, but... I will say Robinson's probably eclipsed Clyde now, so that's a battle I lost. But anyways, we're getting oh, way yeah. off track. Yeah. I, I will say, so since Jonathan Taylor was stolen from my bylo, um, I will offer up a sell high. And sell high, this is especially for you people, if, you, if your waivers are done via priority and you can get them, snag Chuba Hubbard. And then, like I said, sell the man for some immediate help because the McCaffrey owner, unless you're him, then I'd probably keep him. But uh, the McCaffrey owner is likely going to pay more than he's worth to you or anybody else. So that would be my sell high, or you know, the frame of mind to go ahead and put him on your team. Uh, see if you can unload him for a nice chuck of, chuck of change there. All right, yeah. Uh, so my buy low is Calvin Ridley. Um, so, you know, I think that people are a little bit worried about him. I have knocked him. I had him at wide receiver four. He's not there, so please don't don't buy him for wide receiver four levels. But that's the thing. You don't have to right now. Um, you know, I think you could probably send like um, – I'm just putting this together in my head right now, but like a – T Higgins and Chase Edmonds or something. That's that's something I do. Or maybe T Higgins has been interested. Maybe not. Maybe a Brandon Ayuk or something like that. And uh, that's a trade I would do every day of the week for for Calvin. Um, I think he's very attainable right now. And 
he will be the one piece on the Atlanta offense, aside from Cordero Patterson, that that uh, is going to have the explosion games. Uh, you know, hopefully Pitts can have them too. But um, you know, he's had one good game. The other two weren't that great. But uh, you know, I still think he's you, there's a window here where you know if he has another 20, 25 point game, people aren't going to be willing to sell him anymore. But um, I think you can buy him buy him at the moment. Um, so, Micah, who's your sell high candidate? Yeah, yeah, I had a hard time with this one. And the more I thought about it, it's the guy that you're going to get a ton of value for, and it's Cooper Cup. I, I think you can honestly get, like, a really good running back and wide receiver if you need it for him right now. There'll be a team that thinks they have the depth and they want Stafford's number, especially the Stafford owner. They want that stack. So I, I think you can just get a lot of return for Cooper Cup right now. No, I definitely agree. And I have cup in a lot of leagues um, just because I, you know, I had him, I had him ranked above woods and everybody was taking him woods first. So it was easy to get him. And I'm probably going to shoot some offers maybe for McCaffrey even, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you might be able to snag, snag some big. So I actually really like that. Uh, this isn't me saying, I think that Cooper cup isn't going to continue to be great, but no, he either. probably isn't. He probably won't finish his wide receiver one. So, uh, you know, if you can sell him at wide receiver one price right now, that's a, that's a, a great idea. Um, well, you know, I had to sell high down and I'm still going to say, it. you know, I'm still staying behind. He just had a great game, uh, but it's James Robinson. Um, he had a great game last week and now this is Thursday. He's had two great games and mm-hmm. it's, they are starting to give him more of the work. Uh, I was prepared to say that Carlos Hyde is still cutting into his work about 40%. Obviously tonight, Carlos Hyde had a shoulder injury, so that didn't happen. And he got the full workload and he exploded, but I still don't think that's going to happen throughout the season. Um, And I just think this offense, despite looking better tonight, um, isn't going to be trustworthy for a running back to, you know, get a lot of, of, of touchdowns. So, you know, then you have to worry about Carlos Hyde when he's healthy coming in and still in goal line carries. So, uh, you know, James Robinson, the thing about him is he's not exceedingly quick. He's not going to break off 60-yard runs. He's going to get, you know, 10-yard rushes, 15-yard rushes at the most, and then you want those touchdowns. And uh, so I'm, I think you can sell him right now and uh, get, get a little bit more than he's worth. I know these guys uh, disagree with me, but even still, I think he'll be good going forward. But um, he's not going to finish, in my opinion, as a as a running back one, and you might be able to sell him as such. I mean, he, he had a 20-yard run tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, it was like the third of his career or something. He had one or two last year. But, yeah, I mean – Oh, he had quite a few last year. Well, what I'm saying yeah. is he, – but he didn't – he doesn't have – he's not – he's not – uh, Mixon, uh, McCaffrey, uh, Barkley, where these guys can break 60 yard rushes and outrun all the No, but here's the thing his vision is so good, he makes like a three yard run into like a 10 yard first down. And that's the thing. Or look at his touchdown, his first touchdown tonight. I agree. I'm just saying. Look up how many how many fifty yard rushes he's he's had. It's probably zero. I, I don't. I still think he's still getting enough. As long as he's getting to the final marker of around hundred yards a game, that's all that's cool with me. I mean, yeah, yeah, good point. But I mean, when you are having the short, you aren't having these big burst plays, touchdowns become much more important. And I, I just don't think he's going to, I mean, he had two tonight. Well, so, you know, last, I had this prepared before the game, but at the same time, I'd still be willing to sell him if I had him for sure. Last year, he had five runs of 20 or more yards. 
And that was uh, a higher average than Clyde Edwards Alaire, DeAndre Swift. No, that's fine. But what about 50 yards? That's that's what he has. He's never had one. I'm, I can say that. He doesn't need it. His long last year was 47. But I mean, Antonio Gibson, his long is 40 last year. I mean, I mean, yeah, but he just took a, he took a screen pass. He just took a screen pass for 74 yards. That's another thing that James Robinson can't do. Look, I'm not saying that James Robinson is bad, but he doesn't have elite speed. That's not a hot take. Like, oh, I agree. No, I'm just gonna, but you don't, you don't need it. Yeah. 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 If, you, I mean, he, if, every, if everyone out there wants to know how to lose your championship this year is by trading James Robinson away. You keep him on your team and you ride him to the championship. You might be right. I could. This could be a bad call on my part, uh, but you know, I think if I had James Robinson, I would be selling him to Micah today. Um, but um, all right, too bad Let's, I have uh, him in four in. out of my five leagues, so can't sell him. Yeah, that you have him in every league. I'm in with you. I think so. <laughs> so uh, I can't. I can't really trade him to you. But uh, all right, uh, did we all do our sell? Yeah, we all did our sell high. So we're ready yes. to move on to starts of the week. And uh, we will start out at quarterback, and I will let Mr. Nate give us his quarterback start of the week. Yes, it's Derek Carr against the Chargers. This guy, I think he's, like, tied in the MVP race uh, voting so far. But, yeah, he has over 1,200 passing yards. He's gone to overtime twice because he just wants to play more football. He can't get enough of it. And yeah, it's great for fantasy. So yeah, ride the Derek Carr wagon till the wheels fall off. But it, it is a good matchup against the Chargers and what should be a shootout. Yeah, I mean the Chargers have a good D, but honestly, it looks like at this point Carr is matchup proof. I mean he's QB five. Uh, I heard a stat earlier that even if you take out his overtime, he'd still be QB twelve. So you know it's it's he's still performing well in game. It's not like he's depending on the overtime, but the overtime has helped a lot. So yeah. um, you know um, I, I like this this a lot. You know it's really interesting. Uh, oh, David David Carr is that his brother's name? Yes. David Carr. Uh, David yes. Carr at the beginning on NFL Network at the beginning of the season picked his brother to win the MVP, and of course everybody was rolling their eyes and <laughs> oh, but look if he turns out right, that would be one of yeah. the. One of the craziest picks of all time. But, um, yeah, I like that pick a lot. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Micah, what about you? Uh, we spoke about him earlier on the podcast. It's Jared Goff. Son of a bit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> he, 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 is my, <laughs> he is my quarterback star of the week. Like I said, I think the Lions are going to have a good – I think they're pissed off that they lost that last game against the Ravens, and they're going to come out. They started really well against the Packers, so I think it's sustainable against the Bears. I see Goff having a very good day. And uh, who was your who was our start of the week at quarterback last week? Daniel Jones, which wasn't bad game. Turned out okay. Yeah, didn't yeah. didn't bust. Nate, who did you My, have? Uh, Jalen Hurts versus the Cowboys. Was a bad. He game. had a bad real life game, but in fantasy, uh, fantasy he went off. So that's that's all we care about. And I had uh, Sam Darnold, who I believe uh, finished his QB three or four. So yeah. good call by me if I do say so myself. But uh, mm-hmm. another deep one this week. Uh, somebody that you might be afraid to start, but this is the week to start him. It's Taylor Heineke at Atlanta. Uh, That's a good call. Actually, um, I think uh, you know he's he's gonna you know definitely get you twenty points. There's upside for more. There's a possibility this game's a shootout, especially if Washington's defense continues to play bad so 
Uh, Taylor Heineke is my quarterback start of the week. Um, all right, moving on to running back. Um, go ahead and give us your running back start of the week, Micah, and also give us who you had last week. So last week I had Kenny Gainwell, and that did not work out very well. Um, but also I did not expect um, Nick Seriani to, like, run the ball, like, twice with Miles Sanders because they only use Miles. It was just a weird game. I don't know. I, I didn't like There's, it. I did yeah, not find it. Yeah, running back uh, but um, no, my running back star of the week is Kenyon Drake because one, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, but two, he's been averaging around 10 or so points on the first three weeks. So if he can piece together a touchdown and what it was probably going to be a high scoring game on Monday night. So I could see him starting, starting him in his flex and then him scoring about 20 plus points. So Kenyon Drake is my running back star of the week. So Peyton Barber doesn't scare you off, huh? Nope, because Kenyon Drake's um, production is the same as Peyton Barber or Josh Jacobs is there. So, and he's still getting catches. And I think if he could just put together a touchdown, because he hasn't yet, but he's still scoring around double digits. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that pick. That's not a bad one. Uh, Nate, what about you? So, last week I had Jonathan Taylor against the Titans. Uh, didn't exactly go how I wanted. Like I said, Quentin Nelson got injured first quarter, and it just didn't work out. But this week, it's going to be – this is contingent on Andy Dalton playing, but David Montgomery would be my start versus the Lions if Andy Dalton's playing. If Andy Dalton is not playing, I don't trust the offense to get in, you know, sustained drive situations and get him any scoring opportunities, in which case I will pivot to Chris Carson versus – the Niners. So both of those are good picks. What's so stupid about what you just said? Not on your part, just about like it's Matt Nagy. Uh, Justin Fields should improve David Montgomery's rushing ability. Like, mm-hmm. like they should be running zone reads and then the defense doesn't know what to do. And then David Montgomery's, you know, busting off 12 yards. It's just, that's not what he's doing. It's just so frustrating. He might be one of the worst coaches in the NFL. But uh, anyways, yeah, I like both of those picks, definitely. Uh, Chris Carson was actually my backup pick, uh, but I figured nobody would take my main pick here because uh, it's ballsy. I'm putting, my, putting them out on the table here for all to see here. And it's Zach Moss versus Houston. I mentioned oh, earlier okay. that uh, I think that the Bills are going to get up, you know, three, four touchdowns in the first half. And come, coming into that second half, now look, if you look at Zach Moss's numbers the past two weeks, he's gotten in the end zone both both times, and he's had very good fantasy days. Um, I think he got into the end zone twice last week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think he's going to get in the end zone for a third week in a row. The, the running game here is starting to come together. And now, look, there's a lot of guys I would start over Zach Moss. I'm not, like, trying to cram him into my lineup. But – if he's my wide receiver three this week, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. He's a very um, just a, as comfortable as I've ever been starting Zach Moss. So, I thought uh, thought this was a, a good week to put him as my start of the week. I agree. It's a good week. Good game script. Uh, who who was your pick last week? Oh, um, why am I blanking? <laughs> oh, my pick! My pick was bad. My pick, or it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. It was uh, Miles Gaskin. 
I think he scored 12 in PPR. Yeah, yeah, decent, not, but uh, yeah not, not start of the week worthy, certainly. Um, all right, uh, moving on to wide receivers. Uh, who we got? Well, I already told you all mine is Jacoby Myers. That's right. That's Fox. right. So, Micah, who's yours? So, my guy is a guy who has been underwhelming this year for a lot of people, but he's going to have his classic 30-point game this week, and it's Robert Woods because they're going to be in a high-scoring matchup against the Cardinals. They're going to be trying to shut down Cooper Cup as much as possible. I think it's going to free up Robert Woods, and he's going to have a very, very, very good day. Yeah, there's a lot of people worried about Robert Woods actually have a um, – well, we'll see how week four goes, but after week four I kind of have a – um, a letdown section planned for next week, and he's currently going to be on it. But uh, if 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 uh, what you say is correct, maybe he won't need to be. Maybe he'll finally have that game. I mean, clearly Cooper Cup has been the favorite target, but um, you know, maybe maybe he can uh, maybe he can pull. He just needs See, to go to I, breakfast. He needs to go to breakfast. With yeah, staff. well, well, as of right <laughs> now, I think Van Jefferson is getting as many or more targets than him. So it's, you know, it's, it's concerning for Robert Woods owners, but uh, I do agree that better days are ahead and this very well could be one of them. And uh, do you remember who, who your start was last week? It was Kenny Galladay. He had like 10 points against the Falcons. Surprisingly, the Falcons defense came to play. It was a shock to me and everyone in attendance. And yeah. Well, Mine was Sterling Shepard against the Falcons, and he got hurt. Like, yeah, that's right. For second play, so uh, I claim injury on that one. Yeah, and mine was Devonte Smith, and that was a bust. Uh, that that I have no yeah. excuse other yeah. than the Eagles sucked. But we're gonna turn um, around this week, guys. We're gonna be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I had my my quarterback and running back were. Well, my quarterback last week was good. Uh, that was about it. But um, my wide receiver this week is going to be my top dog pick at wide receiver, and that is Odell Beckham at Minnesota. Odell Beckham looked fresh and good and caught all of his targets last week. And uh, he's clearly going to be Baker's number one target. And him and Baker are finally going to get that chemistry that everybody says they can't have together. Um, And Minnesota is the defense to do it. Minnesota has let everybody, everybody just bomb it on them and, you know, score 35 points. And of course a large portion of that in the, in the Cleveland offense is going to go to the running backs, but Odell is back with a vengeance and man, he really looked good. If you watch that game, like every, every route he ran Every catch he caught was was very crisp looking, and it's exciting to see. So, uh, Odell, top twenty receiver this week. That's my call. Yeah, see the Vikings have a bad pass defense, so definitely see could see it happen. All right, and our last wait. We all gave our wide receiver, right? Did you yes. give yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And our last, um, our last, uh, our last start of the week pick is going to be a tight end, Micah. Who you got? Oh, you cannot tell me that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are about to walk into the Patriots Stadium and not score at least two touchdowns together. Um, what's one hundred percent happening? Gronk's having a big day in their reunion back in New England. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody that has Gronk at this point 
is starting him. Now there is a little bit of worry. I think he, did he come back to practice today? I know he's banged up a little bit. Did, do we, do we have any um, updates on that? Uh, I don't know. I think he was limited, but he took a shot to he's the right. Okay. I mean, he came back in that game, but they're not going to practice him much. Yeah, he, you, you're, you're right, Mike. They're, they're going to play him this game if, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to play this game is about, it's probably a better way to put it. But um, all right. Yeah, that's definitely a good pick. Nate, who's your tight end? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit deeper down the tight end pole, but uh, I think Tyler Higby is a good start this week. Uh, he's been really good uh, two out of the first three weeks, and he, he has like some really good touchdown upside, and they get him the ball in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I think he's a good uh, you know, low to mid tier tight end one this week. I agree, and that was my tight end uh, start of the week last week, and he did pretty damn well, especially on a week where tight ends across the board busted. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, at this point, he – I mean, especially outside of the obvious starts, I mean, he's as good a tight end as any um, outside of that top tier. So, um I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, and my tight end start of the week uh, for this week is going to be a guy who I was very big on in the, in the preseason looked bad the first two games and came back with a vengeance. And that's Mike Gesicki. Uh oh. Mike Gesicki had 12 targets from Mr. Jacoby Brissett, 86 yards uh, and had 18 points with no touchdown. And for a tight end, that is just bonkers numbers. So, uh, clearly, uh, Jacoby has two favorite targets because also Jalen Waddle caught 10 passes. So it was pretty much just Waddle or Gasicki every single play. Um, it's still a little unclear if Will Fuller's going to play this match. So I am perfectly comfortable firing up Mike Gasicki and I'm starting him in several leagues. I'm fine with that. Well, all right, guys, let's just uh, recap our starts of the week before we close out our episode. Micah? Yeah, so Jared Goff's going to torch the Bears. Kenyon Drake's going to run all over the Chargers. Robert Wood's going to fuck up the Cardinals. And Rob Gronkowski is going to Gronk spike it in Gillette Stadium. All right. Uh, Nate? Yes. It's Derek Carr is going to light up the Chargers. Uh, running back David Montgomery versus the Lions, if Andy Dalton's playing. Uh, if not, Chris Carson versus the Niners. Uh, Jacoby Myers versus the Bucks, And Tyler Higby versus uh, whoever he's playing, the Cardinals. All right, and for me, it's Mr. Taylor Heineke at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, running back Zach Moss versus Houston, going for all the glory here, guys. Uh, I really feel like I'm either going to be celebrating that or have egg on my face. Uh, a wide receiver, I have Odell Beckham at Minnesota. That's a clear locked in, 100% lock. Uh, you're welcome. And for tight end, I got Mike Gesicki versus Indianapolis. Uh, well, guys, uh, we appreciate you staying with us and listening with us for another week. Uh, we're very excited. Week four is already underway, but we can't wait for the rest of us, the rest of it to get through. And the best thing about week four this year is it's not a fourth of the way done with the season. It's, not. it's like, it's like 23% instead of 25%. So uh, we can hold on to that. Josiah's counting every game. Yes, like yes. a pie. <laughs> don't, 
Don't leave me, football. I'm nothing without you. Okay, uh, well. On that note, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you we guys listening. We found our intro. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember to like us and subscribe us and message us and ask us questions and do all the things that uh, good listeners do. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we can't wait to get back with you next week. Uh, For Nathan and Micah, this is Josiah signing out. Peace.